My title today is Patient Kind Teachers. As someone that was a Rebbe for a little bit and someone that currently teaches, I've noticed something that when you teach with kindness, which is three things. Number one, a desire to share the material. Number two, a confidence that you've learned and you know the material well. And number three, a pleasantness of giving things over and inviting healthy questions. You're the most effective Rebbe. And I wanted to share a couple of stories that I don't care whether you like the source of where I've heard them elsewhere and I've seen them in some version elsewhere, but I'm just going to share that they come from making of a guttle, which I think is a brilliant saver when taken with a grain of salt and understood properly. And I'm talking about the original version, and I don't think these were actually edited out of the latter version either way. But I want to just give three stories from Yaakov Kamenetsky's life. One of them is going to be a drop lumdish, but you don't have to follow any of the lumdish in order to appreciate the beauty of the story. So Yaakov said, Yaakov Kamenetsky, so that's all said about himself, that when he was a young child of about age 10, he had a very sweet teacher. And he was very, very taken by this person's good midos. And he actually said this in the context of a chinuch. Um, round table that he was taking part of and he said that even though he doesn't even remember what he learned from this Rebbe but he remembers how sweet and pleasant this Rebbe was and still to this day he still remembers decades later about the importance of being a sweet person and in fact he said that when he came to America he heard that this person's um, brother was living in Washington and he went to go visit him specifically because he remembered how pleasant he was and that's an amazing thing he also said that he had some very very nasty Rebbe and um, such a point that it's really really fascinating because um, he says that he had one Rebbe that literally he still feels a bitter feeling about. And there's a couple of Psukim of Rav Yaakov that people are, are know that are very famous. So um, and I'm not I'm digressing, but I'm really not, even though I'm very good at digressing. Um, for example, Rav Yaakov was very mocked that you weren't allowed to name, you're not allowed to name a child, he held, um, a name that they'll be embarrassed of. And he held this very strongly. And, he, and I heard this from people that heard it from his mouth. And I've seen it printed, obviously, many times as well. It's in the Amos Yaakov that you cannot give a kid, you know, Zlata, Zelda, just weird names that don't have any meaning nowadays and that people are going to be made fun of. And actually, um, what he brings down in this book is that the reason for this was because of his own personal experience. When he was in school, there was a boy who had a very, very strange old-fashioned name. And people people used to bully this kid. And Rav Yaakov watched it in pain. And this kid was so upset with his name that he once cursed his father and mother for giving him his name. So therefore, Yaakov felt very strongly. We see that things that happen in our youth influence us. So with this teacher, Yaakov said he still feels bitter and antagonism when he thinks about this teacher. What happened? Basically, um, the the teacher um, was a very, very vulgar and um, impatient man. And he says that one time this teacher's the, his, the Malamed's wife came into the room while he was teaching and said, you know, I, I just I need some money f- to buy food for Shabbos. And he yelled at her so and, and, and berated her and lunged towards her. And he still he says, I still feel that negativity. And when he was reminiscing about this in camp uh, in the summer, he used to go to different camps, to Ovidas, etc. So Ruderman was there. Ruderman was his older cousin who was a few days old, a few uh, years older than him. And Ruderman said, you're right. Your memory is very correct. He said, um, that there were 600 students in, in, our, in that Russian city that they were in together. And he says, we're the only two that, that didn't go off a of derech, and that turned out okay. <clears throat> and he said it's, it's clearly because the educational style that was used back then was not very effective and not appropriate. And then Yaakov and him both went on to say that nowadays, again, this is in the you know, 80s, things have been majorly improved. And had they used techniques that are used nowadays, there would be a lot more kids on the derech. Of course, there's still a lot more room to go. But the point is that the approach towards chinuch has really, really changed. Um, and Rav Yaakov also was very mockbid that you're not allowed to hit a child. His only exception was that, you know, if it was chinuch, and obviously not in a, in a, in a you know, 
terribly dysfunctional way, but only if you're a hundred percent sure that he deserves it and he did the thing wrong. And the reason, again, his childhood, Ryakov was very good at. He's one of the masters of bringing down stories. But he said that um, in his childhood, he remembers one time he got permission to go to the outhouse, and that was the bathroom back then. And then his Rebbe caught a couple of Talmudim who had escaped and didn't have permission. And when Rav Yaakov came back together with all of them, each one of them was smacked. And Rav Yaakov said, I, I had permission, which was true. And he says, I still have resentment towards that Rebbe now. Not that he's holding on to it, but there's a certain, I still have a bitter fe- feeling towards him now because he accused me falsely. So it's probably more of just, you know, I'm an ish MS. I remember Yaakov was really the man who says that he always told the truth. So I want to read another story. And this is a Lamdish Mishnah, but just tune out for the next minute if you don't want the Lamdish part, but I'm going to give you the, the, the Mishnah. There's a very famous Mishnah in Baba Kama, Perak Beis, uh, sorry, Perak um, Hey, Mishnah Aleph. It says, Sharshanagachasapara, if a ox, um, a gorda, a, uh, a para is a basically a pregnant um, cow, Benimsa Uber Betsida. And then you and you find that that she miscarried her her baby came out. But we don't know what happened. Was it born because of the? Was it killed in the goring, or um, or did, was it born beforehand? Or afterwards. The Mishnah says had to delineate the money. That's the real shot of the Mishnah. But he had a Rebbe who was apparently an Amaretz, basically. And listen to this. And the Rebbe basically read the Mishnah saying that a shard, uh, a shard. Um, an ox came and a gourd, and it got it got gourd by a pregnant cow, right? But Venimsa over Batsido, he translated it as, and its baby was also involved in the assault. So we think that the, this baby ox that had just been born, we're not sure if it did the damage. Now this is a ridiculous way to read the Mishnah. It's not at all what it means, but but he the, the Rebbe just told the students again. Rabbi Yaakov was, you know, eight years old, and the Rebbe said that this this ox. Um, you know, with this baby that was just born, it also gored. So Rav Yaakov thought in his head the following. And he says this is his first Chilisha Torah, and this is his brilliance. He said, wait a minute, I grew up on my father, on my grandfather's farm, and I've seen animals that are born. And I can tell you one thing, a calf that's born, it cannot gore. It doesn't have any strength. So it's impossible. But wait a minute, it has to be that what the Rebbe is saying is true. And so it must be, like my mother told me from the Tzenarena, that during the mobble, before the mobble, it's a famous medrash, when babies were born, they literally would come out and, th- and they would be fully formed and the mother would actually send them to the kitchen to get a knife to cut the umbilical cord. Sorry for being so graphic. So, oh, it must be that this Mishnah's case happened before the mobble. And Rabbi Yaakov said that was his first Kiddush. But he raised his hand and he said to his Rebbe, he said, Rebbe, I, I think it's, isn't it impossible? He was excited. He wanted to share it with him. Isn't it impossible for a new newborn calf? I've seen it. How, how could they possibly gore? So the Rebbe looked at him and said, Yabikaris. You're denying what the Mishnah said. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never be Matzliach. And he said he was the only kid who's on the derech that came from the Holy Yeshiva. And the Rebbe was an Amaretz and literally was not reading it properly. But anyway, the point of Chinuch, these are very funny and sad stories, but the purpose of education is to teach and know, like I said, know the material well and understand it properly. That's what the Mepharshim are. Look at the Rav, look at the other Mepharshim of the Mishnah, etc. And have a passion to be able to give it over and give it over with kindness where you invite questions. I hope you enjoyed this, these thoughts. Have a great day.